If you are one of those people who look around our country or the world, and you see turmoil, racism, terrorism, and all of it, where the wrong is called right and the right is called wrong. And if you are one of those people who would ask the question, where is this peace that the angels sang about over 2,000 years ago? You're not alone. If you ask the question, where is that peace that the Prince of Peace is supposed to bring to our planet Earth? You're not alone. Every Christmas, we read the story, we hear the story about the great announcement on the Judean hills, the voices of angels singing to these shepherds. Every Christmas, we read and we hear about this Prince of Peace, all the good news of peace. And yet, every succeeding year, we seem to have less peace than the year before. As a matter of fact, this announcement about the coming of the Prince of Peace did not just start with the angels on the Judean hills for the shepherds singing about the Prince of Peace coming. For thousands of years, in the beginning of the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, it began there. And every book of the Bible, every page of the Old Testament, hundreds, thousands of years, God has been announcing that I'm sending my son. His name is the Prince of Peace. He's the one who's bringing peace. As a matter of fact, we have been looking in the last several messages about one of those prophecies in the book of Isaiah, which was written 700 years before Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the virgin's womb. And Isaiah 9, 6 prophesied about the coming of Jesus, and he gave us descriptions. In fact, it says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and a government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In the last three messages, we saw the first three of those descriptions. And today, we see to this fourth and the last description, he is called the Prince of Peace. And so if you're one of those people who is questioning, where is that peace? You came to the right place. We're glad you're here. I have asked that question many times. But please listen carefully. If you have no inner peace in your life when you're all alone, and you've got turmoil inside of you, if you have no peace at work, if you have no peace at home, if you have no peace in relationships, if you have no peace, if you're searching for peace, you came to the right place. But there's more. When you really understand the Hebrew word, which you only have one English word, peace, when you understand what the word shalom means, you will even be longing more for it. You see, the word shalom is pregnant with meaning, far more than just the word we use in the English language, peace. And in case you think that I'm making this stuff up and I'm giving the word shalom a lot more meaning than it really has, I want to use the references from the Bible. For the word shalom means complete well-being, not just kind of few days of tranquility, a complete well-being, Genesis 43, 27. Shalom means good health, Genesis 43, 28. Shalom means safety, 2 Samuel 18, 28. Shalom means prosperity, Psalm 35, 27. Shalom means favor, 
Song of Songs 8.10. Shalom means tranquility. Psalm 38.3. Shalom means being complete, being whole, needing nothing. Deuteronomy 27.7. And you see, every time the thought goes to wholeness, fulfillment, contentment, completion, tranquility, safety, restoration, harmony, reconciliation, all of these is the word what? Shalom. Perhaps there's some of you here saying, well, Michael, I think you just made things worse for me. I was looking just for a few days of peace, and now you told me that peace is a lot more than that. I don't experience most of that stuff you're talking about. You have made my cynicism worse. You have made my skepticism worse by describing what really shalom means. You still came to the right place. (laughs) For I've got great news for you. God knew, because He made us, that shalom expresses the deepest longing of the human heart. God knew that shalom embodies the human heart's greatest desire. God knew that shalom is our most desperate need anytime, any place. And that is why 700 years before Jesus was born of a virgin in Bethlehem of Judea, God said that I'm sending my son and he is the prince of peace. Some of you might say, well, why prince? Why is he prince of peace, not the king of peace? Good question. Actually, in the Hebrew language, the word king and the word prince use interchangeably. Why? Because the prince has all of the embodiment of the power of the king. The prince has all of the authority of the king. The prince has all of the ruling delegation of the king. The prince in the Hebrew language has all of the royal standing of a king. And that is why Jesus alone could be called the prince of peace. He alone could be called the king of peace because he alone is the author and the giver of that peace. And because he alone is the prince of peace... There can be no peace anywhere without Him. Apart from Him, there can be no peace. Hear me right, please, on this one, because I know the world that traveled it many, many times, the world is starving for shalom, but they will not find it without Jesus. Nations are desperate for shalom, and they're not able to find it without Jesus. Many a home is longing for shalom, but they will not find it without Jesus. Many lives would say, I'm yearning for that shalom. I'm yearning to experience that shalom. But my beloved friend, you cannot have it without Jesus. But you also must understand that this shalom is not like the temporary peace that we can experience when we hear good news or something good or you won the lottery or got some money or you experience that kind of euphoria or You watch a Hallmark movie, feel good, and you feel good, and then you get the next phone call, makes you feel lousy. See, that's temporary peace, that kind of a temporary tranquility. People and money could give us that, but that's not the kind of peace the Bible talks about. That's not it. Because the moment you lose any of these things, your peace is gone. That is not the shalom of Jesus. The shalom of Jesus never leaves you, never goes away from you. You never lose it, regardless of your circumstances. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is the author of shalom, and you see it in His life. 
If somebody says to me, I can give you something, and I, he's lacking it in his life, how can I really believe him? But when Jesus, being the Prince of Peace, he demonstrated in his own life. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, could sleep peacefully in the middle of the raging storm in the Sea of Galilee. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, always at peace, regardless of how much panic all around him. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, was peaceful in his birth. He was peaceful throughout his earthly ministry of 33 and one-third of a year. Jesus was peaceful during his own torture and crucifixion. He was peaceful in his resurrection. Why? Because his peace is from everlasting to everlasting. It's not dependent on hearing some good news. It's not dependent on getting something. It's not temporary. It's not occasional. No, it is permanent. It's forever. His peace is not affected by the circumstances. His peace is not dependent on life's events. And that is why He alone could give you true shalom today. Did you know that? He alone can do that. Shalom in your life. Shalom in your troubled circumstances. Shalom in the times of difficulties. Shalom in the times in the midst of uncertainty. Shalom even at the time of death. In fact, a story told about a, a new submarine that was being tested. Part of that test is what submerged deep into the ocean, literally the ocean floor. And then when the test was over and the, finally the submarine surfaced back, the captain of the submarine was asked by his superior. He said, uh, did the turbulence of that nasty storm affected you? And the captain looked at his superior and said, what storm? What storm? We did not know there was a storm. Beloved friend, let me tell you, that's precisely the peace, the shalom that the Prince of Peace can give you when you come to Him, when you surrender your life to Him. Though the oceans of life can rip and roar, you're at peace. Though the events and the circumstances change and they go up and down, you're at peace because the Prince of Peace dwells in you. The peace that the Prince of Peace gives you is beyond understanding. It is beyond comprehension. It is beyond explanation. It is beyond description. Would you come to that Prince of Peace today and receive that peace that passes understanding? He is waiting for you. I was thinking about peace in life and peace in death. Canon Andrew White, he is known as the vicar of Baghdad. He left England, and he's been ministering in Baghdad for nearly 15 years. He tells of a story of an incident. Four Iraqi Christian kids, kids, were told by a Muslim terrorist, convert to Islam or you lose your life. It didn't take long for the older one, which barely a teenager, to say to their captor, do what you must, but we love Jesus. And they all immediately went from this earth to the very bosom of Jesus in heaven. Beloved, this is the supernatural shalom that only Jesus can give you. This is the supernatural peace that only the Prince of Peace can give you. 
Well, someone here may say, well, Michael, I admire Jesus. I have fondness of Jesus. I like his teaching. I even believe he's the Son of God. But that's not the question, is it? That's not the question. The question is, is he reigning and ruling? Is he the Lord of your life? Is he the Savior of your soul? The Bible said that even the devil believes in Jesus. As a matter of fact, he does something humanity does not do. He trembles at the sound of the name of Jesus. He trembles. That's what the devil does. If you believe in Jesus, that means you have to surrender to him. He's got to be the Lord of your life. You have to surrender, and he will become your authority in life. Just saying, I admire Jesus, I like Jesus, I, I believe in Jesus, I sent to the fact that he's the Son of God. That is not enough. That would be like somebody, you're inviting someone into your home, and then you lock them up in one room, one tiny closet. You lock up the dining room, you lock up the living room, you lock up the kitchen, you lock up every other room. <laughs> what kind of trust is that? In the same way, many people can get sentimental about Jesus, particularly the baby Jesus around Christmas time. But that's not enough. To invite the Prince of Peace into your life means that you surrender all the keys of your life to Him. You surrender your business. You surrender your family. You surrender your future. You surrender your relationships. You surrender your finances. And yes, you surrender your desires. That's what it means to invite the Prince of Peace. For my friend, I can tell you, Either Jesus is the Lord of all, or He's not Lord at all. Through the years of ministering in every corner of the globe, I have met people who are afraid to surrender to Jesus. They really are. When I say to them, do you know that Jesus loves you far more than anyone is capable of loving you? When you do that, you delight to surrender to Him. Who wouldn't want to surrender to someone who loved us so? I met people through the years from every corner of the globe who would say to me, you know, back yonder, I invited Jesus into my life. I even walked the aisles. I signed the card. I, I, I invited Jesus, the Prince of Peace, into my life, and, and, and it was okay for a little while, but now I'm in turmoil. Even when people see me, they think everything is all right, but when I'm alone, I feel like I'm living in a quiet desperation. When I'm alone... Anxiety and worry are killing me. When I'm all alone, apprehension harasses me. When I'm alone, uncertainty of the future often covers me like a blanket. And sometimes when I pray, I feel that my prayer not going above the ceiling in the room in which I'm praying. Well, if that is you, I have one of the greatest news you've ever heard, and it's yours for the asking. The Prince of Peace can give you His shalom, See, most people want the benefits from the Prince of Peace without giving him authority over their life. There are many people who want the blessings that come from the Prince of Peace, but they don't want to daily obey his word. And that's really the crux of the problem. Until you surrender your weapons and entrust him to be your only Savior and Lord, peace will elude you. Why? Because surrendering to the Prince of Peace is not just a one thing you do many years ago. No, it's a moment-by-moment -moment surrender. It's day-by-day -day intimacy and fellowship with Him.
I was thinking about the surrender and, and the weapons, and I thought about a story told about George Washington at the end of the War of Independence when the British general came to surrender to General Washington. And he began by waxing eloquently about George Washington's courage, eloquently about his valor. And he began to praise him. And all that George Washington would say, your weapon, sir. Your weapon, sir. All of the goodwill, all of the praise, all of the good feeling, they don't mean much if the weapons are not surrendered. I can literally see in some of your faces saying, Michael, what are you talking about? I don't have any weapons. Oh, yes, you do. Listen carefully. (laughs) Your pride is a weapon that needs to be surrendered. Wanting to come to God your way is a weapon that needs to be surrendered. Wanting to believe in God, what you want to believe about God, not what He said about Himself in His book, is a weapon that needs to be surrendered. Your effort of trying to earn God's favor is a weapon that needs to be surrendered. Your living for self is a weapon that needs to be surrendered. Not trusting in the promises of God is a weapon that needs to be surrendered. Doubt is a weapon that needs to be surrendered. Selfish pursuits is a weapon that needs to be surrendered. I can go on forever. Whatever weapons you have... The one who loved you so, left heaven and came to earth, died on a crossroads again, is saying, surrender those weapons. You'll never regret it. Ask thousands of people who have made that decision. Not one of them would say, I regret it ever doing that. Shalom will fill you to overflowing. Before you can get that everlasting peace in your life, it has to be a total surrender, and you can do that today. Let me assure you that Jesus' shalom will destroy every fear in your life. And I know what I'm talking about. I looked at death in the eye more than once. But the peace of God engulfed me in the middle of all that. Fear of death is always the biggest. It's the biggie. As a matter of fact, if you Dig deep every fear that you have, you're going to find fear of death is there lurking. I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about where my wife and I went to visit this saintly lady. She was only was given literally a few hours to live. But somehow she rallied, and, and we began to talk about heaven and, and began to talk about how we're soon going to be seeing each other again and how she's going to see Jesus the moment she closes her eyes in death. And then we prayed. The peace of God that filled her heart, that only can happen to a person who has received the peace of Christ here on earth. No fear of death. No fear at all. It appears to me, at least, that we are living in the last days. And now God is calling His own from every corner of the globe. This ministry from this pulpit is 195 countries. And every single day, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, they're all coming to Christ. God is gathering His own from around the world. And it will be a great shame. We take the gospel to the ends of the earth, and somebody here yet to surrender their life to Christ. What a great day to do it today.
You see, eternal life does not begin for the believer when he or she die. Did you know that? That your eternal life begins the moment you say yes to Jesus. That's the beginning of eternal life. You walk with Him here, and you cross over and walk with Him in person there. In all of the ups and downs of life, you are at peace. In all of the calm and the storms of life, you are at peace. In the midst of the trials and the tranquility of life, you are at peace. In the midst of death, you are at peace. Because shalom can only come when you invite the Prince of Peace. Will you do that? If you say yes, I'm going to pray with you right now. And if the Lord spoke to you, as He spoke to many people through the years, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, come into my life. Forgive my sins. Cleanse me by your blood. Be born in me today. Let your Holy Spirit dwell in me, that I may obey you and live in sweet fellowship with you day in and day out. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.